0: God bless you guys. All right. Turn to Mark twelve thirty six with me. Mark twelve thirty six. All right. Let me read that. Mark twelve thirty six David himself in the Holy Spirit declared, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. How many of you know that everything will be put under Jesus' feet? He will rule and reign forever, the government will be on his shoulders. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Amen. Even here, in the, this is quoting from the Psalms. There's a prophecy made in the Old Testament. This was concerning, Jesus was talking about himself. And the Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. Brothers and sisters... God is going. To, God the Father is going to put everything under the feet of Jesus the Son. There will come a culmination of all things. When all things will come under His feet. Look at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 12 to 13. If you're fast at opening up your Bible, turn there. If you're not, just listen. Hebrews 10, verse 12 to 13. Word of God says, But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. Until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. You know, right now, Jesus is not here on earth. Jesus is sitting at the right hand of the Father. And Jesus is waiting for something. And the Bible is telling us that Jesus is waiting for the time when all of His enemies should become a footstool for His feet. That speaks about victory. And there will come a time where everything will come under the feet of of Jesus, and you know, a lot of um, churches and denomination churches they would interpret this to mean that uh, the Father is going to put everything under the Son's feet when Judgment Day comes. You know, when when Jesus returns a second return and He starts to judge all the nations of the world, that's when everything's going to be put under Christ's feet, and that's true. It's true. But it's only one dimension of the fulfillment of this prophecy, you see. If all we can look forward to is everything being put on the Christ's feet when he returns, then what are we supposed to do in the meantime? We're just supposed to survive? Now, I believe that the word of God reveals this truth here. Ephesians chapter 1, let me, let me kind of shift to what I want to talk about here today. Look at Ephesians chapter 1. I want everyone to turn to this. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19 to 23. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19 to 23. I'm reading for the ESV. It says, for, And what is the immeasurable greatness of His power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet. Hallelujah. The Father put all things under Christ's feet. Through the cross of Jesus Christ, what God was accomplishing was not just your forgiveness, was for the full victory of Christ's kingdom. But it doesn't stop there. Keep reading. Verse 22. He put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body. Brothers and sisters, check this out. Ephesians chapter 1 is saying the Father put all things under Christ's feet. Then the Father established Christ as the head over the church. And then it goes further and says the church is the body of Christ. Now, most of you in here, just look at your body right now. Just try to look at the parts of your body you can look at. All right, just look at your body. And uh, from my knowledge, everyone in here, you have feet, right? A body has feet. Most times, a body has feet. Well, let me tell you something about the body of Christ. The body of Christ also has feet. And if the scriptures are telling us that the church is the body of Christ, and all things are supposed to be under His body... That means all things are supposed to be under also our feet, the church. Amen. Someone say amen. amen. Some of y'all didn't get that. You're like, huh? Why are you speaking so loud? All right. <laughs> Catch that. Come on. Since we are the body of Christ, that means that if all things are to be put under the feet of Christ, then all things are to be put under the feet of the church. In other words, the church is supposed to walk in victory. A lot of the times the church, we have to see no evil, hear no evil, touch no evil mentality. So when we see darkness, we walk away from darkness. When we see sin, we, 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 we stay away from sin. We're supposed to stay away from sin, of course. But there is a way in which we walk that God wants to speak to us about today. He wants us to walk with authority, victoriously. He wants us to walk as more than conquerors, mighty warriors. Because you see, what God is wanting to do with you is... You see, Jesus is not here on earth. When he was here on earth, guess what he did? He would go into towns. He would see all these people that are under the oppression of the devil... And guess what he would do? He'll go in there and he'll see the oppression and the work of the devil. He'll say, "That needs to be under my feet. This this sickness, this is from the devil. This needs to be under my feet." And what would he do? He'll pray for the sick and bring complete healing, freedom, restoration for the people that he encountered. And now what Jesus did in 3 years, he was trying to set an example for us. To be lived out until his return. But many of us, we look at the ministry of Jesus and we think, Oh, that was Jesus' ministry. Can't, can't touch that. That's the Son of God. I'll be lucky if I can get maybe 1% of that. And we just start to think, well, that's like dichotomized. And we think that's Jesus' ministry. This is my ministry. Let me just do what I know. Let me do what I've already experienced thus far. And instead of walking with victory, we walk in defeat. We walk with not much authority. Let me show you here Luke chapter 10. Look, Look at the passage we looked at today earlier. Luke chapter 10 verse 19. Luke chapter 10, verse 19, Jesus says, Behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall hurt you. Hallelujah. Amen. The word tread or, or trample here, or in the older translations it says tread. Then here it says tread. and it says trample. It comes from the Greek word for pateo. And it means to crush with the feet. To advance by setting your foot upon and to tread upon, to trample upon. That's what the meaning of that Greek word for pateo that's used here is for. And And Jesus says, I've given you authority to trample, to tread on serpents and scorpions, to step upon all the power of the enemy so you can be victorious. In other words, Christ is telling us, you're supposed to stomp on the enemy. Turn turn to your neighbor tell him that. Tell him, you are supposed to stomp on the enemy. Use your dirty feet and stomp on the enemy. Some of y'all think your feet is only good for basketball. And you can't even play that well. Let me, let me, let me reveal to you another purpose for those feet. Some of y'all hate your feet. because all kinds of stuff growing there. Let me speak to you today. There will be something new growing on your feet today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Word of God says in Psalm 8, What is man that you're mindful of him, and the son of man that you care for him? Yet you made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. What the Psalms reveal to us is the original order of creation when God created man and Eve in the Garden of Eden was for us to have dominion on the earth and for all things to be under the feet of man. You see, we were created in God's image in order so that we can be His representatives here on earth. God has given us this dominion and this mandate to, have, to, 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 be, to be victorious and to put all things under our feet. I mean, it, it, have you ever thought how amazing it is? That little old people can tame a lion. You ever go to a good, like a good circus, not a bad circus? At the bad circus, people are getting eaten by lions. <laughs> but at a good one, you got men and women. And they tell the lion what to do. You ever see an elephant? Ever find it amazing that we, have, we are able to have dominion over an elephant that doesn't even speak the same language as we do? I don't even know how the elephant trainers do it. I wonder who the first elephant trainer was. Hey, we can train that thing. No way. We can. Let me try. Here you go. I mean, I mean, I want, this is my question when I get to heaven. Who was the first person to have dominion over shamu whales? Like, you know, killer whales. You ever go to SeaWorld? These big old things swimming really quickly through this tiny little pool. And then you got this trainer guy or girl and they just have little fishies and they go, eh, 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 And then they get on top of their nose and then the whale is throwing them up in the air and then catching them. <laughs> Who in their right mind decided one day I'm going to try to have dominion over this killer whale? But we do it. We do it. Why? Because that was our original mandate. Whether you read the Bible or not, it's inside of us. But where God gave us this incredible authority to rule and reign on the earth, the devil came in, deceived us, and took that authority away. And you see, if we were moving out in the righteous authority of the Lord, this earth... Will be a good place. There will be no child prostitution. There will be no murder. and Robbing and rape. Cities. Will be beautiful. And if you look closer in the cities. You wouldn't find brothels. And adultery. And divorce. But you see. The authority God gave us. We lost it in the garden of Eden. Satan. Knew that if he can get enough deception and cause man to sin and disobey God that man will forfeit that authority over to Satan and that Satan from that point on can begin to manipulate that authority for him to rule and reign on the earth. And so what do we see? Go to Hong Kong, right? this is Hong Kong maybe in the 70s. There's an amazing testimony of a woman that took on the Hong Kong gangs uh, back in the 70s and 80s. I forget what her name is. Wonderful, great, I think she was white. Great woman of God. She uh, discovered the gift of tongues and then afterwards she just started reaching all these gangs. But if you go to, to Hong Kong, you go even to parts of China, you go to, you go to uh, South Philadelphia, you got all these Italian mafia dudes, they'll kill you. You look at them wrong, they'll kill you. Oftentimes they don't. They only kill each other. They like to kill each other because they like to get the power and stuff. But if you look inside of an uh, uh, Italian mafia, or or uh, uh, what it? what's the movie from Take It? What, what, what ethnicity were they? Oh, anyway. Albanian. Oh, yeah, Albanian. Albanian. Oh, the Albanian gangs are crazy. <laughs> <clears throat> there was a Philadelphia Inquirer uh, article published where they interviewed gang members from Italian mafia, from the Chinese gangs. And they all said, oh, those Armenians are crazy. Albanian, sorry. (laughs) We don't want to work with them. Because the moment you start working with them and then they lose it, they just kill everybody in the room. They said we can't do business with people like that. I know we're evil, but they're just crazy. I mean, even among the evil, you got to have some order, right? But, But anyway, you see these things and it is evidence of Satan's rule and reign. It's not the rule reign of God, I'll tell you that right now. But it's Satan's rule and reign, but Satan has no rule and reign apart from people. So what he does is he traps people, he lies to people, and he gets people to do his will. And so many people on the earth, they do the will of Satan. They're children of Satan. And they continue to bring darkness, wickedness, hurt, evil all over the earth. And because this kind of wickedness goes on, Jesus tells us, I've given you authority to trample on that. To bring an end to that affliction. To close down the brothels. To get rid of child prostitution. I've given you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Well, you know, a lot of times we we have this authority... But instead of trampling on the enemies, many times we're the ones getting trampled on. You know, Jesus said in Matthew 5.13, he said, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. That's a great summary of some people's Christian lives. They lose their saltiness. Their Christian life has no power or authority. They're, they're really not making a difference in the world. And what do they do? They get trampled on all the time. They get trampled on by liberals. They get trampled on by all kinds of people. But brothers and sisters, that's not our destiny. What I'm here to tell you today is, our destiny is not to get trampled on, but we are to do the trampoline. We are to stomp on the enemy. Stomp on him. Like we truly believe that Jesus is on his way to putting all things under his feet. We got to live like a people that are representing a king who is waiting for the time where all things are being put under his feet. We're called to use our feet to stomp on the enemy, but a lot of times, some of us, our feet, we use our feet to run toward evil. We use our feet to swift, we're swift to use our feet to shed blood or to do wickedness. Brothers and sisters, this is not where God wants us to live. God has given us authority. Let me me look at that word authority. Some translations, it translates Luke 10.19 as saying, I've given you power. And that word can be translated as power as well. But I think it's more accurate in the English language for our understanding to say authority. It's a Greek word, exousia. There's another word in the Greek for power, but this word exousia... Everyone say Zusha. <laughs> Most of the times talking about authority. And there's something key about what Jesus is saying. He says, I've given you the ability. No, he says, I've given you the authority. Authority is something that needs to be exercised. You can be a police officer. You can graduate from the police academy. You can hold a badge and a gun, but it no mean nothing if you don't know how to exercise that authority. Hey, stand down. Stand down. Put your gun down. I'm a police officer. Right? As long as you don't really believe you got that authority, you don't know how to exercise that authority. Ain't no criminals. He's going to put their gun down. See, we have this authority. Let me talk about that word authority. God has given us authority to represent his purposes and affairs on the earth. See, authority is the legal right to use power. A lot of us believers, they have all this power on their lives. Or this, all this They have access to all this power. But they don't know how to utilize that power. Because they don't believe that they have a right to use that power. But authority tells you, you have the right to use the power of God. We have authority to use the anointing power supplied by the Holy Spirit. We also have authority when we use the name of Jesus. Just by, by that, there's a lot of authority. Because the spirit realm recognizes the name of Jesus. If you were like, I, I cast this demon out, demon you get out in the name of Doug Kim, right? <laughs> probably won't see too many deliverances. Okay, because there's authority by virtue in the name of Jesus. There's also authority that Jesus told us in Matthew 18:18. 18, 18. He says, "I give you authority, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, whatever you loose on Earth will be loose in heaven." I mean, there's this incredible teaching on authority that the body of Christ needs to access. But a lot of times, we don't exercise the authority. Because we're either ignorant toward it or we don't really believe that we have that authority. Brothers and sisters, I'm here to tell you today, you have authority. And God wants to increase that authority on your life. The more revelation you have about authority, the greater access you you will have to that authority. It's not like an on-off switch. Authority is something that you steward and it grows. And what are you supposed to do with that authority? Jesus said, I've given you authority. What do you do with it? You trample. You stomp on the enemy. We need some more believers that will stomp on the enemy. Instead of getting trampled on, we got to do the trampling. Trampling. Trampoline. (laughs) Trample. Stomp on the enemy. You know, a lot of believers, um, they're afraid to trample on the enemy. Because they're they're afraid. If if I mess around with Satan. He'll try to harm me. If I I try to get involved with deliverance ministry. I'm going to get attacked with bad dreams. And you may get attacked with bad dreams. I may get a cowie. You probably will get a Kaui. But I'm here to tell you. You see in Luke 10.19. Jesus says something very interesting. After he said. I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions. Over all the power of the enemy. He ended it by saying. Nothing. Shall hurt you. It's a promise. So yeah, you might get a cowie, but Jesus is saying, look, you got a cowie, all right. It ain't going to really hurt you, all right. Satan is trying to scare you. All right, but if you will stay in the promise that nothing shall hurt you, nothing will hurt you. But you see, when you come in agreement with fear, you give that spirit of fear access to harm you. A lot of times, we get hurt Not because we stand on the promises of God. We get hurt because we are not in agreement with the promise of God. We're out on our own doing our own thing. We're trying to provide protection for ourselves or for our own families. And and a lot of believers, they were were afraid to engage the enemy because they think that the enemy is going to hurt them. That's why Jesus said, look, you do the trampling and then you believe my word. Nothing shall hurt you. So even if you start to get symptoms of some sickness after you come back from a mission trip, you stand on the word of God and says, no, nothing shall hurt me. This sickness is not going to result in me being crippled, in me getting asthma, in me getting all kinds of weird symptoms for the rest of my life. Don't believe the lies. Nothing shall hurt you. You stand on the word of God until it goes, goes, until your body is completely healed. Not only has God given us authority to trample and stomp on the enemy, if you go a chapter earlier in Luke 9, there's another word that we need to learn. Luke 9 says, He called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases and He sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. Luke chapter 9, verse 1 and 2. Here, the Bible kinds of Puts it together. God gives you both power and authority. The Greek word for authority is exousia. The Greek word for power is dunamis. It's where we get the English word for dynamite. It's a great picture of power. You have dynamite power that God provides for you. When you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Remember Jesus said in Acts 1.8, you will receive power. You will receive dynamite When the Holy Spirit comes upon you. A lot of believers don't have any access to dynamite. Because they're not filled with the Spirit. They're just filled with the flesh. They're just filled with a different spirit. They want to just go and do their own thing. You got to be filled with the Spirit of God if you want access to that power. But look, if you want to trample on the enemy and you want to see success. And stomping and destroying the works of the devil. You got to access both power and authority. You need both Power and authority. If you look at the ministry of Jesus, how did Jesus do his ministry? Jesus had a lot of power. I'll tell you that right now. He had a lot of power flowing out. Even when he wasn't giving out power, people could just touch his cloak and the power will still come out from it, from his cloak. There was so much power. There was anointing power all over him. But look at Luke chapter four, verse 36. Look what the people noted about his ministry. Luke 4:36 Says all the people were amazed and said to each other, "What is this teaching with authority and power? He gives orders to evil spirits and they come out." Notice how Jesus did his ministry. When Jesus did his ministry, he did it with authority, with exousia, and with power, with dunamis. Tell your neighbor that you need both. You need authority and power. <laughs> the Bible says in First John 3, 8, the reason why the Son of God came onto the earth was destroy the works of the devil. In other words, to trample, to stomp, to terrorize the devil. Jesus gave us authority and power over all devils, all demons, so that we can do the same things that Jesus did. That's why Jesus says things like, I give you authority. I've given you power. He says, look, this is what's in me, and this is the reason why I'm able to do the things I'm doing. And what I'm telling you right now is I'm giving you the same thing. I'm giving you the power and authority over all demons, over all disease, so you can do what I did, which is destroy the works of the devil. You ever notice you guys, you guys each have two feet? You ever get into a fist fight? I remember when I was in when I was in fourth, fifth grade, I was in fifth grade, I got into my first after-school fight. In Philadelphia, people love watching fights, all right? Because they know pay-per-view is expensive, so when they can get a fight for free, they are all over that piece. And uh, I remember, man. I was in the lunch I was at recess and then this black kid named Cornelius <laughs> he like bumped me for no reason at all So in Philly if you get bumped like that and you don't do nothing about it everyone thinks you're a chump and then you get more bullied So there was like a balance you knew you knew you had to step up to certain people or you get bullied by everybody See it wasn't a question whether you got bullied or not if you weren't a bully the question was how little you got bullied so if you can step up to the people you knew how to, you could step up to, you step up to them, or you, else you get bullied by everybody. So when Cornelius, he bumped me, I, I, I turned around and said, Why you do that? <laughs> Punk? And he said, What you going to do about it? I, I was like, All right. Why don't you come up to me and see? And so he was like, All right. And so we got up on each other's face. Like, this is Cornelius' face. I was like, and then we, go. at the same time, we push each other. I don't know if this was like in your in your urban environments, but this is how that fight started. And then Cornelius was like, "All right, I got suspended last week. I get suspended again for you after school, punk." <laughs> this is Cornelius. That's how that's how he would signify that he wanted to fight you. And, and I guess I'm supposed to be the hand, and he's supposed to be the fist. <laughs> After school. And then the moment he said that, everybody was like, Oh, snap! After school, fight, y'all! After school! After school! Yo, yo, stop young go to go fight Cornelius! Yo, 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 yo! Asia versus America! China's going down! (coughs) And I remember after school, walking over like 200 yards to the recreation center, We're supposed to fight behind the recreation center. I'm walking over to the recreation center, and everything's quiet. So I'm thinking, oh, the Cornelius didn't show up. Punk, I knew he wouldn't show up. And the only kid that was with me was this white guy named Robert Comley. There's a white guy that wanted to be black. You know one of them guys? And he was just following me to the, to the fight and he was hyping me up. He was like, come on, Suck so Yanka. That was my Korean name. He was like, come on, Suck. So, you can do it. All right. You punch him in the nose. You punch him in the eye. You kick him in the nuts. Man, you get him, man. You get him. I hate Cornelius. I hate him. I hate him. I, I'm glad you're fighting him. You can do it. Come on. Use, use the fists of fury. Use all them kung fu you got. <clears throat> so I'm like trying to stay calm. I'm like, all right. All right. Robert. All right. All right. And I remember I got to the recreation center. And I turned the corner to my right. Dead silence. I turned the corner to my right. And there's a hundred black people. (laughs) Yeah! He showed up! He showed up! I told you he's going to show up! Yeah! Everyone's cheering. Yeah! USA! 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 Everyone's cheering USA. (laughs) Nobody's cheering Korea or... Anyway... So I go up to Cornelius, and everybody's swarming around us. And then this, this other bully dude, he comes up and he says, All right, these are the rules, all right? No scratching in the eyes, no hitting in the balls. Man, F this fight! <laughs> Next thing I know, boom, I get hit in the face. Boom, I get hit in the jaw. I get hit in my stomach. Cornelius, is just he's a veteran fighter. That was my first after school fight. He'd done probably like 10 in the previous month. <laughs> And I'm getting beat up. I'm getting beat up. And so I—I I don't know what I was doing. I just threw a punch and boom, I connected. I was like, "Oh, that felt great." And everyone was like, "Oh, Cornelius is going down." And the Cornelius got more upset. He's like, "Boom!" He starts hitting me harder, and I—I I, I hit him back. And we're going at it for like a good two minutes. <laughs> it felt like a long time, though. And I mean, I'm going somewhere with this, all right? I promise you. And, and in the middle of the fight, I was getting mad-winded. I was getting really tired. And so I had taken Taekwondo lessons for the previous two summers. And I said, I, my mama didn't pay for all that lessons without, <laughs> for, no, for nothing. So I just, I remember, I did an Apshagi. <laughs> Apshagi! And I kicked him. I kicked him, he blocked it with his hands, but obviously it hurt him. And the moment I kicked him, all the black people, they had a riot. They were like, no, no, stop the fight, no. So, Kyung, this is America. (laughs) You're not allowed to use that. You can't use that Kung Fu karate stuff here. All right. Cornelius don't know that, alright? You can't use that. That's not right. That's not fair. If you use it again, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to beat you up myself. So I was like, okay, alright. I won't use it. Okay, I'll just fight him with my hands, alright? And so for the, for the next two more minutes, I had to fight him without being able to use my feet. And let me tell you right now, I felt so tough, tough. I felt so constricted because I knew how to use my feet. If I just got like, one good lick on his head, then he would have been gone. But I was just using my fists. And the Taekwondo, they don't really use use your They don't teach you how to use your fists very well. Taekwondo! All right? I, I did that in the middle of the fight. I remember I'm going, Taekwondo! I had a moment where I was angry with my Taekwondo teachers. Garbage. They didn't teach me nothing. That's the believers. It's like that. You start using what God's given you. He's given you authority. He's given you power. So you got these two feet. You know, you ever, if you ever really get into a good fight, and, and you want to you crush your, I mean, you don't want to crush your enemy in real life. But, you know, if you ever did want to, you ever see Bruce Lee? You know, and he just crushes his enemy under his feet. Well, in order to do that, you need two feet. You got one foot, you can't like. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, you got to use two feet. And what the Bible is telling us is, He's given us two feet—the power and the authority to stomp on the enemy. But some believers are hopping around one foot. The others—they don't. The devil lies to them and says, "This is Korea. You cannot use your feet." You're not allowed to use your feet. You're not allowed to use that power. Who do you think you are? Jesus? You're not allowed to use that authority. And then we go, okay, all right. I won't use it. I won't use it. And we go out on the missions field and we get beat up. We get mad-winded. We get mad-tired. And God never designed it for us to strive and get tired and be about diligence. It's supposed to be about grace. So when you do ministry under the power of God, you're doing it under the grace of God. It flows freely. You don't have to strive for it. You don't have to get all like, like all diligent about it. I mean, you should be diligent. But you know that's not the key to releasing the power of God on the earth. A lot of us believers, man, we need to learn how to use both our feet. And that is not a message about power and authority. It's just a simple message about stomping on the enemy. You saw these missions videos, you heard these testimonies. When we went out on that missions field, what we were doing were we were stomping on the enemy. You see, Jesus said you can't rob a strong man unless you go in and first tie him up. What th- there's the thing, you can't disciple nations, you can't bring healing to the nations unless you go in there and you stomp on the enemy first. Unless you go in there and you pray up, you, you cover yourselves in prayer, you cover the team in prayer, you have the people back at home praying. And you stomp and you bind the enemy. And then you go in and you just walk all over him. This is the way that we're supposed to do our work. To do do, do the will of the Father, we need to use our feet and stomp on the enemy. Romans 16.20 says, The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. Meaning that there will come a day Or it will be permanent. But you see, we don't have to wait until the permanent crushing under the feet. Until we come to that day, we have the privilege, the access, the authority, the power to trample and mess Satan up. Just tell him, prophesy over him this is what you're getting! Come on, everyone stomp your feet right now. Yeah, there's a <laughs> Y'all crazy. Alright, stop that. <clears throat> What's wrong with you? There's a beautiful VBS song, remember? Uh, cast your burdens onto Jesus, for he cares for you. Cast your burdens onto Jesus, for he cares for you. Higher, higher. Higher, 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 higher. Lift Jesus higher. Lower, lower. Lower, 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 lower. Stomp Satan lower. I remember as a kid, we would sing that part. And that was the part I got most excited about. Because even as a kid, I knew that this was my destiny. My identity was to stomp on the devil. Put him under my feet. Eat my toe jam, Satan. The Bible says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. I mean, it's beautiful because, man, our feet are stomping on the enemy. But when we come, we come, we stomp on the enemy. But in our hands, we carry the love of God and the truth of God's word. And once demonic spirits have been bound up and people are getting set free from that, that's when you can give them the love of Christ they're able to see and experience the pure love of God. That's when you're able to speak the truth. And it actually goes in and starts to change their mind and their thinking. That's what Jesus did when he did his ministry. He stomped on the enemy with his feet. And in every place, he proclaimed good news. He proclaimed and he showed and demonstrated the love of God. That's what we're supposed to do, brothers and sisters. That's what we're supposed to do. I'm just going to close with this. At the first coming of Jesus, when he did this public ministry, he stomped on the devil. By the end of his three years, he did something else with his feet. The Bible tells us that Jesus used, they they were precious feet, by the way. Because the woman with the alabaster jar, what she broke, that was so symbolic of how precious the feet, how beautiful the feet of the one who brings good news. Jesus was that first representative. And, and this beautiful feet, and the Bible tells us after she had anointed his feet with this with alabaster jar of perfume, it's so a little bit later, he was walking on the hill of Calvary. He was using his feet to walk the hill of Calvary, to walk on his own blood that he was shedding. Bleeding after getting whipped 39 times. He's bleeding he's he walking over all this blood and dirt on his way to the cross. And when he got to the cross, the Bible tells us that he did something else with his feet. He allowed these Roman guards to take a nail to drive it through his feet. See, his feet were pierced for you. His feet were pierced so that you don't have to walk in dirt and sin and in darkness any longer. He walked the hill of Calvary and suffered on the cross so that you can be free. So you can walk in freedom. So just like we saw earlier, so that we can live in His freedom. The real cool thing is if you read Revelation... At his first coming, his feet were pierced. But Revelations gives us a glimpse of his second coming. At his second coming, the book of Revelation says that his feet were like burnished bronze. That's both glorify, That's both glorious and scary. But at his first coming, he's just, he's, you know, just a man. And it gets pierced. At a second coming, the Bible tells us, his feet are like burnished bronze. You ever see a bronze statue? You ever knock or touch a bronze statue? That thing is heavy. You know, You ever go to Olympics? First place, get what you get? They get gold. Second place, what do you get? You get silver. Third place, what do you get? You get this heavy bronze medal that nobody wants to carry around. It's because bronze is, 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 is heavy. It's hard. It's strong. The Bible tells us that his feet are like burnished bronze. You know why? Because when his second coming, at his first coming, he came to save the world through him. At his second coming, he will come to take his redeemed and to judge the world. The Bible says that he will tread upon the wicked like in a wine press. He will tread upon the wicked with burnished bronze feet. His judgment will be complete. Why am I sharing that with you? I don't know. But you see, that image is supposed to give us hope. That there will come a day when you're done trying to evangelize the human traffickers. The ones that don't repent will get the burnished bronze feet of Jesus. I don't know if that disturbs you. We've got to face the music. Not all will be saved. Not all will receive the mercy of God. There will be plenty that will receive the judgment of God. Narrow is the road that leads to life. Broad is the one that leads to destruction. Many take it, Jesus said. All right, I'm not sure where I'm going with this. This is a big topic I just opened up. All right, let me just close with this. Stomp on the enemy. Live your life to stomp on the enemy and go out and share the love and truth of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you so much. That God, you sent your son. So it says in 1 John, you sent your son to destroy so that, the, so that the works of the devil may be destroyed. The reason the son of God was made manifest was so that the works of the devil will be destroyed. And God, we just thank you that that destruction of the devil's work, it continues to today through your body, the church. And God, I just pray right now and I establish the people here in this room and everyone listening, my broadcast. I establish them in this identity as a people that stop running away from the enemy and that they would begin to pursue the enemy with hostile intent. With a glimmer in their eyes and with authority and power on their feet. May these be a people, a mighty warriors that will pursue the enemy in the enemy's camp and possess the gate of their enemies, God. A people that advance the kingdom of God into the darkness. That shine the light of God into the darkness, God. I pray, Lord, raise up such a people for yourself at this hour that will trample on the enemy. Lord, we reject the lie of the enemy that tells us that we can't use our feet. That we're crippled. That we don't have power. We don't have access to authority. We're just being spiritually prideful when we do that. Lord, we reject the lies of the enemy. And I establish your people in the truth. That is their destiny is to stomp on the enemy. Thank you, God, that you've given us authority to trample upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. I thank you for your promise that nothing will harm us. In Jesus' name, Amen.